Alright, welcome back everyone to Seek and Find. This is Season 2. Thank you for joining us. This is your host, Elder Dylan Wilkinson, and I'm excited to be with you wherever you are. Seek and Find is a podcast centered on Jesus Christ and coming closer to Him. I invite all who listen to open their hearts to the Spirit and hear God's message for you. God wants to speak to you because He loves you, so please listen. Alright, so today I'm with one of my best friends out here. His name's Caleb Kelson. Caleb, what's up? Nothing much. How's it going, Elder? I'm doing (laughs) swell as always. Well, Caleb, thank you for joining me today. I've actually got my companion here, Elder Dransfield. He's pretty awesome. Say hi. Hey, what's up, guys? (laughs) So so we've got a good good little squad here going. But um, I am looking forward to our topic today. Just uh, we're going to be talking about conversion, um, specifically conversion to the gospel of Jesus Christ and what that entails and what that involves. In introduction here, I want to introduce how I know Caleb. Uh, Again, I've been serving in Minneapolis for a little while now, and Caleb is one of the members here in the ward. How old are you, Caleb? I'm 21. 21. All right. So he's he's a good age. Yeah. He's a couple years older than me. Um, And so he's, he's, he's awesome. I've had the privilege of getting to know him over the last four, four or five months or something like that. Yeah, something about it's that. It's been a while, so I love it. Uh, and he's just, he, he's one of the most Christ-like people I know. Um, I'm, I'm hyping you up right now. Yeah, but, very generous, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's, he, he doesn't hesitate to point out good things that he sees in, in people. And so thank you for that. Thank um, you. But I will go ahead and let you introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, and stuff like that. But take it away. Yeah. So, you know, Elder Wilkins, I am Caleb, Caleb, Caleb. Kelson. Uh, the Caleb Kelson. The one and only, yes, <laughs> uh, for all your viewers out there. And um, I, so I've lived here for about nine months in the cities. Um, before that, I lived in California, uh, served a mission there for the Church of nice. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How long ago was that? Just last um, year, right? That was like maybe, it was in December that I got back. Yeah. So. 2017, 2019, great experience. Uh, you know, amazing people there. Um, before that, I lived in Minnesota my whole life, basically. Um, and that was great. You know, I lived in the same house my whole life. Uh, have two great parents um, and four sisters, younger brother. Nice. And yeah. So, but right now I'm just going to college. Living that yeah. life. So Caleb is a musician himself. He <laughs> he plays the guitar very well and he sings very well. I don't know. Do you play the piano? What else? Just yeah, yeah. Kind of guitar your thing. Guitar is like the main. Yeah, he's it's actually like he's actually working on a uh, on an album right now. Yeah. And how is that going? <laughs> it's going good. It's almost done. You know, look out, uh, all, right. all you viewers. You know, yes. I recorded eight songs and. Um, it's going to be great, you know? I just need to record drums on, like, three of them, mm-hmm. and then it'll be done. So Nice, nice, nice. That's cool. I love I love music. It's one of my favorite things. Yes. Cool. Well, I hope everybody uh, who's listening knows Caleb a little bit better. Today, we're going to be talking about conversion. Um, I think just kind of keep it or start it off broad like that, and the Spirit will guide um, which whatever specific thing we need to talk about. But first of all, I wanted to kind of 
share the difference between conversion and a testimony. So Elder Bednar, who's a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles for the Church, he has this quote um, about uh, testimony versus conversion. And so he says, Knowing that the gospel is true is the essence of a testimony. Consistently being true to the gospel is the essence of conversion. Uh, I'm going to say that again, just so you can hear it. Uh, Knowing that the gospel is true is the essence of a testimony. Consistently being true to the gospel is the essence of conversion. Conversion requires us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. The Lord's action plan for us, the doctrine of Christ, is taught most clearly in the Book of Mormon. Uh, so we'll talk more about the Book of Mormon later. But, Caleb, what are your thoughts of, uh, like, when you hear that, that just the, the difference between testimony and conversion? What, what's going through your head? Yeah, it. like I was saying before, um, when I was on my mission, we would, I mean, as a missionary, you approach people or people approach you. It works both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was pretty common. We would talk to um, people on the street and Pretty soon in the conversation, we would, um, they would ask us a question and they'd say, you know, were you raised in the church or are you a convert? Yeah. And, you know, we kind of knew what they were saying when they were saying that. But uh, we usually both of us would say, yeah, we were both raised in the church. And nine times out of ten, they would stop listening when we said that. Um, because I think that, you know, that kind of in their mind disqualified us from thinking for ourselves because we were raised that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of irked me just a little bit because that was not my experience at all. Like I um, had developed a testimony and even, even more so like you talk about conversion, you know, when there's like action involved in that and, um, and I love that. But um, so, but to answer your question, like testimony uh, based on the talk, I feel like it's, you know, it's the knowledge and then conversion is like, I don't know, there's consistently, there's consistently doing. Yeah. Which is a lot harder to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I love, I love that pointing out the conversion is a daily thing. Uh, Mm. It's not just a one time thing. Um, The conversion is something that you, you do every day. One of the things I like to like say in my head uh, every every morning, I'm, probably not every morning, but uh, I try to. But is the phrase the scripture, um, "Choose ye this day whom you will serve." Mm. Yeah. So, so I really love that scripture, and like you, you wake up in the morning and you say, "Choose ye this day whom you will serve." Are you going to serve God, or are you going to serve the world? Are you going to serve mm-hmm. Satan, right? But essentially what it is. You're going to serve right. those uh, those natural man, the the tendencies to, to sin and to, to to do all manner of, of wickedness, as the scriptures put it. Um, right. But yeah, so conversion is that daily thing, you know? That's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's huge. That's like, you know, choose you this day who you, you will serve. Um, it's one thing to know that God is real, to know that Jesus Christ is our Savior. That's all great. But I like how it says, choose you who you will serve. That's like, you know, there's, you got to do something word, about yeah. that. Yeah. It's an action. So word, I like, yeah. I, lo- I love that scripture. Yeah. No, that's cool. I think a lot of, uh, some people mistake um, our doctrine, the church of Jesus Christ, because we put a lot of emphasis on action, on doing things. Um, and 
you know, the whole like grace work versus works argument. Mm. And unfortunately, um, there are a lot of misconceptions about it because we believe wholeheartedly, 100% that we are saved by grace, that Jesus Christ is the one that saves us. Absolutely. Um, but the good works part of it is the, the hard work is us showing our appreciation to him and desiring to change to become like him. Does yeah. that make sense to like changing and stuff like that? You you, right. can, you can't change without doing something. Mm-hmm. Basically, the definition of change is doing something different. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like, you know, so. like um, my brother and I, we live together and we clean our house every week. Yeah. And if we never cleaned our house, we would be uh, just really, we would not become very cleanly people, you know? Exactly. We would just... It takes like doing that action to, you know, to change, to become a better person. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we can talk more about that in a later episode. I, I love talking about grace versus works. Mm. But, um, Caleb, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your process, your conversion, um, the journey that it was. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Just your story. Yeah, my journey. Yeah, let's yeah. hear it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. So. It, uh, like I said before, my experience was that I was raised in the church, um, but I feel like everybody comes to a crossroads mm-hmm. where they need to decide for themselves if the teachings of Jesus Christ are legitimate and if you actually want to follow those, or, you know, you can take a different path, you know, and we're all free to choose, like you said. Um, so I had you know, friends and peers in high school, maybe 15, 16 years old, um, they started doing things, you know, as you do in high school. As one does. (laughs) As you do, you know, start going to parties and, you know. Crazy games. Yeah, you know, (laughs) goonish things, I guess. Um, And I was like, you know, that seems kind of fun. I don't know, but it just never really felt right. So I didn't know if I wanted to do that. Um, And so... I, I had really good youth leaders, and they're, like, um, talking about the Book of Mormon. Like, it's an amazing book. It's the Word of God. You know, this is kind of the evidence that what the Lord teaches is true, what the church teaches is true. Um, and I'd never read it before, um, like, all the way through. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to read it all the way through. Um, then once I get to the end, I'm going to pray and then ask if it's true. Yeah. And then I'm going to receive, like, an amazing answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> like a pillar of light. Um, but yeah. I did that, read the whole thing. How old were you again when you did this? I was, like, 16, 16. at the awesome. time, yeah. So, you know, very tender age of 16, and read through the book, got down on my knees. I remember this, like, so clearly. I prayed, and I felt like nothing. It was so crazy. I like nothing at all. Um, Didn't feel anything bad, but I also didn't feel anything like the spirit, anything good. So um, to make a long story short, I had a friend on a mission at the time. Mm -hmm. He sent me a letter, which he uh, didn't usually do. But that week he sent me a letter. He said, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I want you to read Helaman chapter 5. And... It's like, all right, that's that's cool. Um, let me just pull that up really quick, because I just I was sitting on my bed and I just opened this up. Um, 
I wasn't even thinking about, you know, what had happened about a week before. Yeah. Um, it's almost kind of random. I started reading from verse 1, and I remember at about verse 3, the Spirit just hit me. Um, it says, Yea, and this was not all. They were a stiff-necked people, insomuch they could not be governed by the law nor justice. And this is talking about Helaman, his people are being wicked and such. Yeah. But it's random because there's nothing about that verse specifically that would make me feel like anything, you know, spiritual, mm. random. But that was the verse I started feeling a spirit and I just started reading through and it just hit me like almost to tears. I was like, wow, that it was like I've never felt anything like that. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was really a blessing. Um, and that was kind of my testimony, like the knowledge. Yeah. Describe to me more what you were feeling. Yeah. Like what were the, if you could put words to the feelings, like what, what were you feeling? It was, people describe a feeling of warmth and feeling of peace and love. All those words. I always thought that was kind of cheesy when people would say that. Mm-hmm. But it's totally true. Like, that's exactly what I felt. Um, and I felt like <laughs> I felt like I wanted to cry because it was so powerful. Um, just the feeling of peace and a feeling like, um, I don't know how else to describe it. This, this is true. Yeah. Um, what I'm reading is um, actually someone wrote this. And when he talks about Jesus Christ, that's actually true. That's, it's hard to describe, but that's, those are some of the words I'd use. Wow, that's cool. I think um, what's cool about that is your testimony was then rooted in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Book of Mormon was a means to that. Uh, but it's cool how your testimony, the foundation wasn't the Book of Mormon. It was Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And that's what we want. We don't, we don't want the, the, the foundation of our testimony be, to be the Book of Mormon. Right mm-hmm. or or the yeah. Bible or the Bible. Those are scriptures. They're they're conduits for the Spirit, um, and they're the Word of God. But we want our foundation to be Jesus Christ. We build upon that rock. And so what you right. what you were just describing to me, um, I think that's cool. The process of your your conversion. You finished the Book of Mormon, and you prayed, you prayed, and you know is this true? Um, and it wasn't until you read that verse there, Helaman five mm. verse three, that. Um, it was more tied into Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? Right. And so that is that is a promise in the Book of Mormon, that the Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ. It, it's in its title. Sometimes we forget that the Book of Mormon is actually titled the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. We've got the Old Testament and right. the New Testament, right? And the Book of Mormon is another testament. Exactly. And so this book is, its main purpose is to testify of Jesus Christ, not to testify of itself but to testify of Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that so, is amazing. So yeah. when, when people ask you, like, do you, if you have a testimony of the Book of Mormon, you say yes. But that also means that I have testimony of Jesus Christ because it testifies of him. Right. Isn't that cool? That's, it needs to tie into that. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, you know, in verse 12 of that verse 12, chapter. Yeah. Go ahead and read that. Let me I'll, read that. I want to hear oh, it. Oh, my gosh. Because um, I read that that same, that same day. Um, and now my sons remember, remember, that it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that you must build your foundation. 
that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, yea, his shafts in the whirlwind, yea, when all his hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you, it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe. Because of the rock upon which you are built, which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereon if men build, they cannot fall. Love it. That's that's amazing. It's not the Book of Mormon, and it's not, you know, any program in the church or anything else. Um, it is Jesus Christ um, that you build that foundation on. And if you do that, then you're good. You're yep. good if you, if you do that. Yeah. Yep. Then death and hell can combine against you. I have a cross-reference to DNC 634, which says, mm. Fear not, little flog, like, let let hell and earth combine against you. For if you are built upon my rock, the same thing that this scripture is talking about, if you are built upon my rock, they cannot prevail. Mm. Um, I, I need those promises, man. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so if we build upon the rock of Jesus Christ, um, then we will be all right. Mm. And our, our future will be brighter than we can ever imagine. Um. So yeah, just like, you know, I love talking about the Book of Mormon, how it it teaches us about Jesus Christ and it helps us be converted converted to Jesus Christ. Um, I think that's super important. In in the church, um, we, you know, in fast and testimony meetings where people get up and, and they, they share their testimonies, they, you know, we often hear the phrase, you know, I believe that the church is true, mm. um, which is great. What they're, what they're saying is that they believe the gospel is true. Sometimes people you know, consider the church and the gospel is the same thing, but they're, they're not. The church mm. is the vehicle for the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ has been on the earth, right. um, but the church of Jesus Christ in its full authority and stuff like that hasn't been on the earth for the whole time. That's mm. why there was an apostasy, right? And, and so the church itself is a vehicle for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you have to remember that the gospel is faith, faith in Jesus Christ and his atonement, right? repentance baptism and receiving the gift of the holy ghost and then enduring to the end i was reading my scriptures this morning and the um and one of the phrases that was was there was believe until the end so it was cool how i was like that's cool endure to the end but believe until the end it's the same Hmm. thing right because how many times in our lives are people going to challenge your your conversion people are going to say you were raised in that church you didn't. You didn't have the power to think for yourself. Mm. Your testimony isn't isn't real. Your testimony is fake, right? How many times are people going to say, "I know they've said that to you before. They've said it mm-hmm. to me." Um, now it's those moments where you have to exercise your faith to keep believing, to say, "No, I remember the feelings that I felt when I read the Book of Mormon. I remember the feelings that I felt when I felt closer to Jesus Christ. That's real. Well, you, you know, like trust right. trust the feelings that you get from the Spirit." It's how God communicates to us. Isn't that cool? Yeah. No, uh, that is great. And that, you know, that brings it to another uh, another topic that's related, which is, um, you know, sometimes people in the church, um, you know, they say things and they challenge you and such. Mm-hmm. And it can be difficult because in any situation, people are imperfect, people imperfect <laughs> <laughs> and they do things in some cases they do really really horrible things even members of the church which is very sad um but you know and it can be hard but for me i just try to think you know these people really 
that's the essence of the gospel is um, what Christ taught is how we're supposed to develop a relationship with God and with the people around us. Um, and so some of these people that are challenging us, uh, maybe this might be out there. Maybe it's not such a bad thing. Maybe um, we have a part to play in their lives. You know, mm -hmm. Maybe we can, um, by the way we react to them, help them to um, grow their faith in Christ. Um, maybe we can serve them. Maybe the, we don't fully understand their situation and we can do something to help them. I mean, those are some thoughts that come to me as far as when you're converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have this desire to help people around you, even the people that aren't very nice to you or, you know, yeah. people that challenge you. Do you know why? Do you know why, why you have it? that desire? You, you tell so, me. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Let's hear it. when you become converted to Jesus Christ, you have a desire to be more like him. Mm. And if you think, think about if Jesus Christ was here, what would he be doing? I mean, he... He hung out with the sinners and the, you know, yeah. he tried to help. He'd be going everybody. about doing as much good as he can. Mm. And he'd try to help people. And so literally, like, when you are converted to Jesus Christ, you have a desire to be more like him. And therefore, in turn, you want to help people because you're becoming more like him. Mm. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And so literally, like, everything that you do, you point back towards Jesus Christ and you say, this is... This is me following him. Isn't that cool? Right. Yeah. Love that. It's awesome. Love that. All right. So I think that, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and include my conversion. Um, I was raised in the church as well. I was baptized when I was eight years old um, in, in the church. The age of accountability is eight years old. That was just revelation from God, um, just like all scripture. So it's in our scriptures. Um, but I, I uh, in high school, you know, kind of going along that point where you have to decide. There, there comes a time in your life um, where you you have to decide who, which way you're gonna go. And about my sophomore year in high school, I hit that, and. The, the circumstances around it was a lot of my friends, um, even friends in the church, were choosing the wrong way. And they were going down the way of the, the world, down the down, you know, bad paths, right? right? And I was noticing that. And um, there came a time where I had to choose. I said, okay, am I going to keep up my standards? Am I going to keep being clean? Am I going to keep you know, reading my scriptures, doing the things that I know God wants me to do, the good things, mm. or am I going to forget about that and <clears throat> do whatever I want and go around and um, start, you know, partaking in worldly, worldly pleasure, whichever yeah, way that is. That is yeah. Right, exactly. Um, now, not to blame them, not to blame my, my friends, because everybody mm -hmm. here, we have a hole in our soul. We have a gap that can only be filled by God. Or by something else temporarily, okay? Why do you, like? Why do yeah. you think drugs are so addicting? Right, is because they fill that hole in your soul that that was filled with God, but now is not. Yeah. And so when we talk about the spirit, that fulfilling the fulfilling feelings, that's what it is. 
like our soul is being filled with God. And so that, that just in regards to my, that story, my story was, you know, my friends, they were choosing things that would temporarily fulfill them, Mm -hmm. that would give them that temporary pleasure and that happiness. And, um, and oftentimes I felt like the one where I was like, I'm not like, I'm not happy right now. Um, I don't feel like I'm, you know, popular with, with the crowd. Um, and they are, and I, they're happy and they're successful, you know? Um, but here, here I am trying to hold up my standards and, um, it's like, it's not working. Yeah. You know, it almost feels like that sometimes. And so there, there came to that point where, um, it was actually, I don't remember the exact, the specific day, but I remember that it was a specific day and that I said, okay, I'm, I have got a decision to make. I've got two roads. I can either go this way or, or I can stay on the path of Jesus Christ and still try to be like him and still keep my standards, um, and be a good kid. Right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it, it was that decision and I decided to keep my standards up, um, and keep going and keep trying to do good and be, be a good guy and be nice and be happy. Um, and try to have the spirit read the scriptures. And so that was kind of like a springboard for, for my later, you know, years. Uh, that was, that experience helped me get through, through high school and stuff like that. Um, but then on my mission, um, I had a, another uh, opportunity to be converted, like to, to have, huh. to, to have a, a re, um, what's, what you call it? Like resolve. Witness yeah. and resolve commitment. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and it was just a, f- you know, a few months ago, probably about five months ago, um, during the, qu- during the quarantine from the pandemic. And, right. um, it got to that point where I had to decide again, if, you know, I wanted to keep doing this and, and keep, mm-hmm. keep going and, and keep defending Jesus Christ. Um, uh, when almost, when it seems like almost everyone around around me just hated me, you know. Yeah. When I read the story of Peter, um, I won't go into you know specifics or details or anything like that, but his story of him de- denying the Savior three times, going out and fishing and coming back, mm. um, and the Savior you know beckoning them to the shore and then you know asking him, "Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep," you know. Right, and then at that moment, Peter was truly converted. For the rest of his life, from that point on, he selflessly served. He forgot about himself. He went out and worked, and he defended Jesus Christ. And he was persecuted countless times for his for Jesus Christ's name. But right. it was because of that conversion moment where he realized that everything in his life was preparing him, but it wasn't that true conversion. And so then right. he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So it was, sort of, it was sort of like a type of that for me, where it was that time where I was doing good and then, um, you know, just had a, had a, a short, short time where I didn't, um, that I didn't defend Jesus Christ and I didn't do good. Um, but sure. then, then what happened was I started studying the atonement. And so I, and this is going on, but no, it's good. Um, it's good. And I had a type of that moment, that that conversion, where I said, "Okay, from now on, 
I am all in. The atonement is real. Jesus Christ is real. I am all in. I'm going to serve. It doesn't matter how long my life is. I'm going to serve. Because I love Jesus Christ. Because I know that he knows that I love him. Right. You know, sort of that sort of that moment where I was like, the, the Savior was like asking me, like, do you love me? What are you doing? Do you love me? <laughs> You're on a mission. Be a missionary. Isn't that cool? Right. I, I love that because um, it, to me, that moment, that day, talk about that day. For Peter, mm-hmm. he had his day. Um, that day uh, fishing yeah and he made a commitment he said i do love you and i'm going to serve um i don't think peter was perfect after that day no Um, i highly doubt it actually i know he wasn't yeah and you made that commitment that day um and it was a it was the commitment i think the lord wants our heart he doesn't want perfection um so you made the commitment you weren't perfect after that but um he said I like you said, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm going to do this. That's cool. And that's for anybody. Um, I think we all want to have a good life and be, just be good. None of us want to be bad, I don't think. Yeah. And we all have that goodness in us and we just, just, it takes a little bit, but you got to make that commitment. Just, mm-hmm. you know, God, I'm going to do this, you know? Yep. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's great. That's cool. So if you're listening and if this is something that you desire, um, that commitment, that extra extra love for the for the Savior Jesus Christ, then I just invite you to do something about it. To to read your scriptures, to pray, to tell God, tell Him that that you're all in, um, and that you are willing to do whatever He asks you to do. And I second that. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you feel like you should do. Um, the simple things, pray, um, read from the scriptures, um, whatever you feel prompted to do, um, just do it. <laughs> um, it's like the slogan, just do it. Just yeah. do it, right? So, Caleb, one one thing I like to ask people um, is, what is your advice to yourself? We'll say, mm. uh, we'll say you maybe like five years ago or something like that. Mm. Or whenever, whenever the time was where you were struggling or something, just picture a time. Think of a time that you were struggling. <clears throat> what is your advice to yourself, um, like you were talking to him? Yeah, does that make sense? That's that's yeah. a really good question. I I would say two things. Um, the first thing I would say would be to uh, rely on the Lord. Um, None of us are exempt from challenges and trials. Um, Every period of our life, we're going to have that. So five years ago, I was going through uh, some stuff I can remember, actually. Um, And I would have told myself to just pray. um, Take time every day to get on my knees. And just be silent for a couple minutes. And just get into that headspace. And just communicate with Heavenly Father and ask Him for help because I've learned since then that he actually does he always does um, in his time and then the second thing I would say I would pull up this scripture from Matthew uh, and let me just pull that up 
um, Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. Um, whenever I felt like I was kind of aimless and um, feeling kind of lazy, unproductive, without a purpose, uh-huh. I would give myself this scripture um, where the Savior says, okay, so these lawyers come to him, they say, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And these scriptures to me, uh, simplify the purpose of our life into three things only. Um, We should focus on our relationship with God, relationship with the people around us, and our relationship with ourselves. Mm, That's awesome. And that would have simplified things for me and given me more purpose instead of focusing on other things like we talked about earlier. It's kind of come full circle. Yeah. Um, you focus on those things and uh, make that your top priority. That's what I would have told myself and I think it would have helped. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Thank you, Caleb. I, I did want to share one last thing here. Um, it's just a quote from the Conversion like Gospel Topics essay. Um, I love those Gospel Topics mm. essays. But it says, Conversion is a process, not an event. Conversion comes as a result of righteous efforts to follow the Savior. These efforts include exercising faith in Jesus Christ, Christ, repenting of sin, being baptized, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and enduring to the end in faith. Although conversion is miraculous and life-changing, it is a quiet miracle. Angelic visitations and other spectacular occurrences do not bring conversion. Even Alma, who saw an angel became converted only after he had fasted and prayed many days for a witness of the truth. And Paul, who saw the resurrected Savior, taught that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So just real quick here. Um, Conversion isn't going to happen all at once. Conversion is a daily thing where you're listening to the Spirit. I love that last thing that that, that that quote said about Paul's teaching, you know. Um, conversion comes from the Spirit, from the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ sent his comforter, right? John 14, 27. He sent his comforter to testify of him and of the Father. And so I just, that's a really cool insight, um, important to point out, because we have the Spirit in our lives as we are worthy and and live God's law, because he wants to testify to us. And so this is possible for you. This is possible for you. You can know that Jesus Christ lives. Um, And it's awesome. Anyways, we'll go ahead and close that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Caleb, you're awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. But we'll go ahead and uh, close that. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye.